Today I want to talk about revelation and faith. You know, it's funny, but we need to be as dependent on the word of God to bring forth life as a Virgin Mary was dependent on the Holy Spirit to bring life, the life of Jesus Christ. That's how dependent we got to be. There's no less dependency for the word, the importance of the person of the Holy Spirit to bring life and revelation out of the word of God then there was dependency to bring the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? A lot of us are scared of the word revelation because a lot of people have been misusing the word or adding to the word or what Hollywood has done to the word. But the word in the truest form revealed by the Holy Spirit, there's nothing to be afraid of, the word of revelation. Amen? I'm talking about the spirit of revelation coming upon you and me that Paul the apostle prayed, and we'll read that in a minute. The spirit of revelation that we might understand what has already been written. The spirit of revelation that will show us what really the word of God says, not with adding to it, but what has already been written. Revelation means to unveil something. You ever go to a show and you see a big old cloth over something and you want to take a little peeky-poo and see what's underneath, amen? I'm the only one that would sneak under there and look. Huh? Come on. You want to look? <laughs> I probably was. I was always that one. I was always that one. I wanted to know what was behind the veil. And revelation means to remove it and let you see what is there. That's what revelation means. Amen? You want to know what kind of gets me upset? I get mad at myself a lot. And I need, is that my son? Amen. Amen. My, my mama's prayers have been answered. Give him one of these. So. I get mad with myself when I realize that I've allowed a belief in something, a belief that I've carried for a long time to go without the experience to back it up. What I'm talking about is knowing what the word of God says for my life, but then not walking in it. You see? You know, we can... Talk about things in theory, but until we actually experience them, we don't really qualify to give an in-depth explanation. You see what I'm saying? In other words, we only have a belief or a theory, a theology in point, but not in maturity. I do not have it in a personal encounter or a personal experience it only sits between my two ears as a theory. The purpose for revelation is God to expand our understanding what the word of God says. And then our faith is to take us and experience it. Revelation should show you where your life could be. Revelation should show you who you are in Christ. But it's going to take faith 
to answer that call. You see, Revelation might tell you, I am a narrow that pastor can put in his quiver, but it's going to take faith to answer that call upon your life. You see what I'm saying? Revelation will unveil the truths in that word, but in itself alone is not enough. It takes faith to explore it. You see, faith, revelation is like, let's say you go up to the hilltop over here where uh, some of us pray Friday night, Pastor Toby. <laughs> Amen. And, and the real estate agent is standing there next to you and he points out, you see the Dunbarton Bridge there? From here to there is all yours. The San Mateo Bridge over there, across it, uh, Foster City and, and the San Mateo County region, from there all that to here is yours. And you can't really see, but past that other bridge, the Bay Bridge to the Golden Gate Bridge and the river beyond up to the tree line there, that's yours. That's revelation. Amen? You see, what he's doing is describing to you everything that you inherited. Revelation is revealing what is yours. That's what revelation does. Revelation reveals inheritance. It shows you everything that's yours, but it's going to take faith to go explore that territory that has been given to you. We all are heirs of God, and God has given you and I something very special. And until we go into that word, the word that has already been written, and the Holy Spirit starts enlightening us and showing us what that word is and starts revealing to you and I what we can do, who we are, and what territory is ours, my friend, that in itself is not enough. That in itself only produces theory, but it's going to take faith to go out and explore the territory. Can I get an amen? Are you with me? Someone said, I thought this was a baptism. You see, it's foolish to just stand around and observe the territory that's yours and just to be one of those that love to just confess all that's mine but never have any experience in the land itself. You see, Adam, the first Adam, faced a temptation, a temptation that he fell to. That temptation was, has God really said? That first temptation was what God said. It wasn't eating the apple, but it was attacking what God said that opened up Adam to go ahead and eat of the forbidden fruit. The last Adam, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen? succeeded at his temptation when the enemy came to him and said if you are if you are if you are the son of God command to these stones to become bread well I'm under the belief 
that these two things, when we get them settled, when we get to that point where they come together, what God says about you and I and who he says who we are, when we get secure in what he's talking about, when we really know what the word of God says, not somebody that tells you something that's adding to the word that shouldn't even be preaching, not a Hollywood movie, but when you read the word, when you understand the word, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the truths in that word, my friend, and you have faith to explore it, and it shows you what exactly Jesus is saying and who you are in him. Your true identity in God, when that becomes settled in your heart and secured and established, I don't think nothing outside the kingdom will appeal to you any longer. What I'm trying to say here is this. There's no attraction when you're secure in knowing who God really says you are. There'll be no further attraction in your life when you really understand what God says about you. Until then, you're going to want to give in to other things, fleshly things. You see, the flesh was created to live in this world. Or you're going to give in to selfish things like where the soul is or the mind is. You see, that's aware of yourself. But until we begin to allow God to reveal the spiritual things, those things that understand God and heaven, when we really start believing and understanding who we are in the spiritual realm, once we see that, we ain't going to buy no more fried ice cream. Hello. We're not going to lower ourselves. When we discover the significance that our life really has and the importance that we are to Jesus Christ, we're not going to lower ourselves to anything lesser. Amen. Bear with me. If we want to get folks, leadership, into being active in their spirituality, we need not to whoop on them or throw a guilt trip on them but we need to start unveiling how brilliant and beautiful their life is to God and the truth in the word of God. You see, that kind of rap and that kind of uh, discipleship will make me want to get involved with greater things and cut loose the lesser things. Does this make any sense? Well, hopefully it will. Revelation gives us insight into what belongs to us so that with faith, we can explore what God has given to us. Many people will stop short of this divine encounter because they are satisfied with good theology. Huh? You see, is there any Bible thumpers in the house? Okay. First off, if, if you have a beef with me, I'm going to go home that way, so meet me down that way, all right? As I, ex as I exit stage right. <laughs> but this is the truth. A lot of us, we have some Bible knowledge or we can quote a few verses, amen, and we can say that we're living for God, amen, and all that, and we get satisfied with just this knowledge. But God has called us to do a lot more than just be a know-it-all. You see, uh, Pastor T's brother, uh, 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 Pastor Adam told me one time, he said, Greg, did you know that a why no will get to heaven before an I know? It's kind of hard to get through to an I know, but a why no needs, knows that he needs Jesus Christ in his life. A why no knows that what he knows ain't worth a dime. Hello? A why no 
will get to heaven before I know. Am I knocking knowledge and wisdom? No, I'm not. I'm just saying don't settle there. Don't settle there. That's only part of it. God did not, Pastor Toby had a message a couple of years ago. It was about a duck or ducks that did not fly. I don't know if you got anything out of the message, but I, start, I started watching Doug Dynasty after. I got turned out that day. I'm one of size nephews. But the message was that a duck was created, a fly, not to walk on the ground. A tree is made to bear fruit, not to just be bare. We're not here just to have revelation, but we need to apply faith, my friend, and become that who God has called you. Do not stay stuck. Step out. It requires faith. Are you with me? Ephesians 1.17, please, and 18. In these verses, you're going to see that Paul was praying. I keep asking that the God of our Lord, trippy how he changes things, Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. How does this knowledge and revelation come? From understanding English or just reading good? No, it comes from a spirit. And Paul's asking that you have this spirit of wisdom and knowledge. He's asking that things be revealed to you in the spiritual realm. We can't do it in the flesh and we can't do it in the natural. He's asking for it to come in the spirit, wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. Amen? You see, God wants us to see. He wants us to know. Without knowledge, there is death. With knowledge, like Sister Chella was saying, there is life and life abundant. This is what God wants for you and I. He wants us to have life and life abundant. Here's a secret, my friend. That's how you get it. That's how you get this life. For us to have a life that is full, to bear fruit, to fly like a duck should, to have explored or claim our inheritance, that's what God wants. To be a tree with fruit on it, that's what God wants. Planted next to a stream as a tree, that's what God wants. He wants us to be that not grounded birds but soaring eagles, amen? What keeps us from stepping out and exploring the territory that God has given us. You see, as you keep coming to church, don't get scared of your visitor. The whole message is, is that God has a spectacular plan for your life. He created you. If you ever made a pie, a cake, or anything, you have a plan before you start with it. Amen? But if somebody else comes in there and makes something totally different... You're like, wait a minute, that wasn't the purpose for those ingredients. You see, God don't want us to, to live by any other's plans or anybody else's desires or your own schemes, but he wants us to be what we were created to be. And I'm trying to let you know that God has a very spectacular plan for you. 
far greater than you can imagine. Only the Spirit can show you the beautiful plans that God has for your life. So don't try to see it any other way. If you're new to this church or new to Bible, keep coming. Ask somebody to explain these things to you. But then get on your knees, my friend, and ask the Lord to open it up to you where the Spirit can show you these magical truths about the plans he has for you. But don't get scared and, and afraid and stay from stepping out because faith is the answer. You might say, I don't have faith, Brother Greg. How do I step out? I'm just going to sit still, wear my big hat, drive my big car, wear my suit, and sit in the middle. Nothing personal. Again, I'm going to go home that way. But <laughs> let the Spirit start building you. I'm going to show you how to have faith, if I may. I'm going to show you or explain how you don't have to stand or sit on the outskirts or on the hilltop knowing that all that's yours, but never go experience it. Amen? What keeps us from acting on faith? What keeps us from really ever having what God says is yours and from who you really are? Those two things that we said earlier. If you really don't know what God says... That's what happened to Adam. You see, what God says got distorted. And he started questioning what God really says. And the successful thing is to know what God really says. Number two, how did Jesus pass his test in the desert? The devil tried to tell him, question who he is in the Lord. Don't let nothing else tell you who you are. Don't let nobody else tell you who you are. But let God reveal who you are through his word and his spirit. Know who your identity really is. Know why you were created and what you were created for. Don't ever think you're anything else that the world might have told you. Don't listen to any other voice but to God's voice telling you who you really are, my friend. Don't ever be mistaken on who you are. Don't sell yourself short. These are two things that will keep you from answering the call. And, 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 and exploring the territory that God has given you. Amen? Hold on now. Mark 17, 20. You see, faith. Faith is the answer. He says that faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. You see, there's things in front of us. Brother Greg, you don't understand my situations. I'm not trying to minimize your situations. I'm not trying to minimize the fear that comes along when the word of God starts getting a, a, a revealed to you at first and it starts sounding scary, it starts sounding new. Fear is real. Fear is so real, it will freeze you in your spot and you won't be able to move. But here he says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain to be moved. In other words, man, it ain't saying that your problem or your situation or what you're battling with is small. A mountain is big. That ain't a hill. That ain't just a shoe or a rock. It's a mountain. The things that we face in our life that you face and I face are big, but what he's trying to say is, not that your problem or situation is small but that faith is powerful he says faith the size of a mustard seed is powerful I don't know about you but it, was anybody rich here when they were growing up okay why well, I, I, my mama's right here a beautiful 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 lady she can make rice and beans taste like steak and lobster huh 
Can I remember when we had steak and I didn't like steak. I was about 40 when I realized there was actually tender steak. <laughs> you know, other houses, they had like nice stuff and we didn't, but she sure tried to give us the best with the little bit she had. That's a good mama. But in my house, we had this thing called Tang, orange drink. <laughs> Everything was concentrated. We never had the real deal. You had to add water and just a little bit made a whole bunch. I swear, man, that little thing made orange juice for about a month. That's how powerful faith is. Just a little bit, my friend, will get you a long ways. Just a little bit. It's like Tang orange juice. Huh? It's potent. It's potent. It's powerful. It comes in small packages. Amen? So you don't have to be scared of your situation. Focus on what gives you faith. Amen? However, when you know how powerful faith is, that's where the punch is. That's where the punch is. Okay? It ain't in knowing. That's not the punch. Uh, a teacher of mine said that there's the baby and then there's the cradle. The knowing is the cradle. The baby's Jesus Christ. That's believing and that's faith. Okay, amen? Don't be ever thinking that just knowing is the punch that's going to get you there. It's faith that'll get you there. Amen? <clears throat> Jesus was walking with his disciples in Mark 11. They're going, I believe, synagogue and whatnot, and he sees a tree. And Jesus is hungry. He sees the tree, and as he gets closer, he's kind of hoping that he can get some refreshment from that tree. But when he gets there, all he sees is leaves on the tree. And so... He kind of curses it, amen? Later, when they're leaving, Peter sees the tree and he says, hey, uh, Jesus, that's the tree that you cursed. And it was dried up to the root. Being a tree in itself is never enough. To be a tree, you have external enemies. You have insects that are going to come against you and stuff, Amen? You have different seasons to endure. Some of us have gone through a lot of external things and you're still here. Amen? But God don't just want us to be a tree. He wants us to be a fruitful tree. And fruit is bared by what? By faith. You see? By faith. Amen? Can you put Mark uh, 4 up? And let's look at what he says here. Just look what he says here. Amen. I erased them here. 
thought we would have them. But it's, um, in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree with the red from the roots. Is there, can you go to the next one? Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. The next one, please. And what does he say? It's a faith issue. Tell somebody it's a faith issue. Faith produces fruit. Faith produces fruit. Being a tree is not enough. Knowing is not enough. But what we need to have is faith to produce fruit. In order to explore the territory that God has given you and I, it's going to take faith. In order to answer the call of God on your life, it's going to take faith. And faith cometh by? And hearing the? And when you look up that, the, the word word, there's two different definitions of word. One is logos. That is the written word, amen? Then the second definition will be rima. And that's the word of God. You see, just reading your Bible, my friend, is not going to give you faith. There's a lot of people that know what the Bible says and they don't have faith. But when you read it along with the Holy Spirit and you're hearing the word of God come with it, then faith is produced. That's how faith comes. It's not by reading aloud. Go ahead and read aloud. I read aloud because I have all those things, you know, uh, uh, backward stuff. You know, if I owe you $41, I, I get things backwards. I think I only owe you $14. Huh? But the only way that faith really comes is when we hear the voice behind a voice. You see, in Revelation, there'll be desires given to you. Anybody saved here? When you first drove up, when you first got off of the bus, so to speak, when you first laid down the pipe, when you first sat down the bottle, when you first laid down the needle, and you came to church for the first time, you were looking around, and what desires did you have? You had desires for a barroom floor. You had desires for your neighbor's back door. Your desires were sprouted from the flesh or the world. But little by little, God starts removing your desires. Little by little, God starts putting in new desires. You see, when he says to pray and that everything that you desire will be added on to you, my friend, he's not talking about desires that come from the flesh. He's not talking about desires that come from the world, but he's talking about desires that he starts putting into you now that you're saved and he's going to give you all these desires. I can't give you your desires. You can't live according to my desire. It says that he'll give you all your desires, not my desires. So when God starts revealing the plans that he has for you, when God starts revealing the territories that he has for you, let it birth the desire in your heart and start praying according to that new desire. Because when you start praying, my friend, with that fervency of a desire, guess what? 
what starts happening. Potency, my friend. Power, my friend. The hand of God starts moving and he'll grant you every desire of your heart. Why? Because now you're in the spiritual realm. This is a desire that the spirit showed you. This is a desire he showed you is yours and you say, I don't want to just sit on the hilltop. I don't want to just sit here and know that's mine and be satisfied that it's mine. But I want to explore it. I want to taste it. I want to live it. Oh God, let me have this. Teach me what I got to be taught. Give me what I got to be given. Do what with me what you got to do. And then all of a sudden, you won't see you here no more. You'll be gone. Africa or the Philippines or Indonesia. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. Can we get Colossians chapter 1? This has been prayer month, amen? Learn to pray with desire. Learn to pray with all your heart. Spirit-filled desire. Believe it. Believe it. And don't only pray with this fervency for yourself, but learn how to pray for others. Amen? For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in everything, every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. We're having people being baptized here today. Let's stand. They're making a public declaration today about their new life, that they're going to leave their will behind and that they're going to go after the will of God and that they're going to seek what God wants in their life.